always, uh, when you expose uh, a different part of, of yourself uh, that people don't usually see or, or know, you always feel really vulnerable. And you guys know me as a lead pastor, but not as a, uh, as a songwriter. And many people have asked me today, like, why, why didn't you perform it? And basically told them, it's already a lament. Let's not push people over the edge. Uh, it's been a lot of years since I've led a band or, or, or sang uh, with a mic in front of me, and it's just not a good thing anymore. So uh, God has put me here uh, speaking for a reason, and uh, uh, not there. So uh, lament. Lament's a, an interesting thing. It's uh, something that was huge uh, to the Israelis and, and, and to the Christian church. Uh, in the first century, but strangely, uh, it was kind of pushed aside in the 20th century church. Uh, I really feel that that we've lost this ability to uh, cry out to God in, in a way that just opens up our soul. Uh, I was at my daughter's volleyball of uh, 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 awards ceremony uh, Friday night, and uh, we were having dinner, and they were giving them different awards. And uh, she, uh, it's uh, all the all the kids on the team are, are followers of Christ, and their parents were there, and they were giving out these kind of uh, character awards, and they were pulling out different different uh, attributes from uh, from Scripture, and uh, and giving them to the kids, and. Uh, I was sitting next to a lady, and it was her child's uh, turn, and and she got joyfulness. And she she said, oh, you know, joyfulness. And I thought that was kind of a weird response, especially knowing her. And and, and I I said, you know, why, oh, you know, joyfulness. She says, I I just frightened for her uh, because in my life, I've made happiness an idol. Really, you know, can you unpack that a little bit for me? Can you know? And we started talking about that, and she's yeah, you know, I just my whole life I I've been told that being a Christian you had to be happy, and and I always wanted to have happy people around me and and have a happy life, and and this was what I pursued. And uh, several years ago, I, I realized that I'd replaced God. Uh, of his from his throne, and I put the the God of happiness there. That I serve this God of happiness, and I said, "Well, where do you where do you think that came from?" She said, "I don't want to go there." I was like, "Oh, okay." So let's uh, you know watch watch the rest of the uh, awards ceremony. But I I think that it that if you really look, if you were on the outside of the Christian faith, that you would see that that. Uh, the 20th century and, and, and a little bit in the 21st century church puts a high value on this external happiness thing, this, this happy, clappy kind of, of Christian. I remember when I first started uh, giving insight about Scripture and being able to talk about it, we were in a series where we were going through Lamentations, and, and I did one particular message. It was called Hopeless. And just really talking about the place where lamentations were being written, and 
I uh, was called into the leadership uh, that week after that, and they they said, you know, tell us, you know, why did you have teach a message about uh, hopelessness? And I'm like, have you read Lamentations? You know, I mean, go on, you know, come on, and and, uh, and they're all like, well. Here we like to we t- like to teach about happy things and and we want people to feel good and uh, you know and all of this kind of stuff is like well it's like not that I don't want people to feel good but but life isn't all good there isn't always happy things that that happen and I I think that we fool ourselves and and and. We're so disingenuous when we don't allow ourselves to feel pain. In fact, I think it's very dangerous, and I think that, that one, it, it's a bad reflection on who we are in Christ, but also I think uh, it really hurts the inside of the body, too, that we come to this place where we can't even feel like uh, we, can, we can share what's really going on in our lives. You know, I went to church for years and years and years before... Uh, I heard anybody ever say, you know, when you're, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I just thought that's how everybody did all the time. You know, that's just kind of the way it was. And it, and and kind of in, the, in in churches, it's you almost don't want to admit that things are not so good because people start thinking, oh, you know, they're messed up or 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 things like that. Um, but things aren't always good, and and a lot of painful stuff does happen. I got an email this week, and then. Followed up with several calls, and uh, a family uh, from Celebration uh, Church here here in town. Their their sixteen year old son took his life uh, this this week, and I've been praying for them and talking with people who know them and and seeing if there's anything that they need or or anything like like that. But you know what? There's nothing to be happy about. That. that this is a dark, terrible thing. And you know, I think about all the what's and the possibilities. But but the truth is that we need to feel that that lamentations are important, and we need to be allowed to express these times that we are in pain and it hurts. It's part of life. And we all know it uh, instinctually that, 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 you know, even if you look at an EKG, you know, the deep, deep, deep thing that, you know, you watch ER or House. I love House. How, would you like to be House without consequences? How about that life? Uh, but if you look at an EKG, what you see is you kind of have a baseline there. And, and life is characterized by ups and downs. That, that it's going up and, and it's going down. And, and when you look at that, you know that life exists. And when that, that line flats out, then you know that there's a problem. That you've assumed room temperature, or somebody else would know that you assumed room temperature. You probably wouldn't know it at that time, at least on this side. And uh, that that you know, but so many of us we want to live our life in a way that's a flat line. But I don't think that that's what God has envisioned for us. 
In fact, when you read the Psalms, do you know that 72 of the 150 Psalms are about enemies? About somebody being oppressed by enemies and hurting and crying out to God, God, you know, save me. Help me. Help me get through this tough and hurting time. But this is a, an important theme. And God meets us in these hard times. I was thinking about different enemies that we face. Mine, obviously, is depression. Some people uh, have debt, addiction, codependence, broken relationship. A lot of people, their enemy is their past. I've dealt with that. I was talking with some people this morning. Somebody said fear. Fear is their enemy. Or insecurity or self-doubt or insignificance or negativity. You know, all of us have this, this enemies or enemy or enemies that, that come into our life and they can knock us down and they can take us off task or where God is calling us. They can affect our relationships. They can affect us at work. They can affect our whole quality of life. And it's so hard when you, when you should be able to come to a place where the full spectrum of feelings are seen as by, given by God, not just certain ones of them. You know, God made happiness, but He also made pain and depression. If, if we couldn't experience it, if God didn't create it. And there's obviously a reason behind it. There's a physical condition that people who can't feel physical pain, and they don't live very long. Why? Because pain is an early warning mechanism. That, that if you put your hand into a fire, it's the pain that makes you pull it back. When we start to feel pain emotionally, that we know that there's something wrong. If we're starting to feel anxiety, it's something that's God-given that, that we're saying, oh my gosh, you know, something isn't right. If, if your, your body goes into depression and, and you start to shut down, it's because life had become so overwhelming that your, your, your whole system that God had knit together isn't, is just being overloaded and it needs to shut it down to protect itself. You see, God gives happiness. God gives hurt and pain for different reasons. It's part of life. And without the depths of, of pain that we don't get to experience the mountaintop experience. If you open up your Bibles, I want to read uh, all of Psalm 25. And I want you to listen to David's words. He, he has enemies coming down on him. He doesn't think he's going to make it, but it's interesting how he responds to God. Psalm 25, O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. That's the NLT version in NIV. It's uh, to, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love 
which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who kept his covenant and obey his demands. For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend of those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Turn to me and have mercy, for I alone am in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse, so save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me, rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. What you have here is that David is at the end of his ropes. He does not think that he is going to make it. And he's crying out, God, lift me up and show me the path that I should walk. You know, so often I hear this this question, Mark, you know, how do you discern God's will? How do you know for certain what God is calling you to do? And I think a lot of times we've been taught this, or or at least it's it's been uh, inferred that basically you're either on God's path or you're off God's path. That that you are either going to be a missionary or you're going to be a serial killer. I mean, that's basically, I mean, that's hyperbole, I mean, obviously, but, but we think that there is, you know, that, and I'm not talking about following Christ, but I'm talking, uh, ultimately, but I'm talking about in the decisions that we make. What, what's important is, is our heart and, and are we following God with the, with the right heart? And people ask me, well, how, how do you discern this? You know, how do you have certainty? And you don't always have certainty. But I think God is more concerned about our heart than a lot of times the exact decision that we make. Take, for instance, that, that say you're trying to decide which college that you want to go to. I, I, get, I get this a lot, you know, and people are like, should I, should I go to Florida State or should I go to Florida? Wait, wait, okay, wait, that's a bad example in this room. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Should I go to UCLA or should I go to USC? Should I go to UCLA or should I go to USC? You know, you think about that, and, and you know what? They both probably have pluses and minuses. And what's important to God is that, that you have a heart to follow Him. And He's going to figure it out. If you pick the wrong school, if you go to UCLA and He really wanted you to go to USC, He's going to move you and He's going to orchestrate things in your life to make it all work out. He's not going to sit there, you know, like when I was 
uh, leaving the marketplace, and, and Chan and I really felt that God had called us to start a church. We were looking at all sorts of different cities. This was a very difficult time in our life, like different opportunities, different people that were meeting. We were meeting, they were all awesome, and just trying to figure out, should we go to Chicago? Should we stay in Los Angeles? Should we go to San Francisco, uh, Washington? All of these kind of, you know, the, the, the world was open. What should, what should we do? And and uh, should we go to Tallahassee and all of these kind of things? And ultimately, we really feel that God called us to Tallahassee and that was the right thing to do. But what if we thought that he had called us to Chicago? And really, went to, say that we didn't come to Tallahassee and we want to serve God in Chicago. Do you think God was like, Phew, man, that's it for them. Out of my will. They're done. You know, I I I had high hopes for Mark and Shannon, but going and planting a church in Chicago, I don't know what they were thinking, you know. I mean, really, I mean, that's not how God operates. It just isn't. If, if, if you have the heart to follow Him, He's going to direct your path. You may not always see it clearly in front of you. You may not always come down from the mountain with Ten Commandments and say, I've met one-on-one, mono-a-mono with God, and this is what He wants. We don't always get to go out into the desert and meet the angel of the Lord, and He says, walk around Jericho and blow your horn. It would be great. It would be great if that would happen, except the people would think you're crazy, but that's okay. They do think that anyway. You know what? Sometimes we just have to know between us and God that our motives are pure. That we truly are seeking after His will and trust God that God is big enough to figure out the details. It's hard though because we're inundated by by commercials and organizations and political parties and, and religions that say, you know what? We have the course to fulfillment, that we have the path. You need to be thinner. You need to be richer. You need to be Democrat. You need to be Republican. You need to be a Libertarian. You need to be part of the United Way. You need to be Buddhist, Muslim, Christian. You need to be all of, you know, pick one of these things. Vote for me, I'll set you free. All of these kind of different kind of ideas. And we sit there and we're like, whoa. You know, it's confusing. It's all of this noise and it just reminds me to go back to verse 8 it says the lord is good and does what is right he shows the proper path to those who go astray he leads the humble to do right circle that word humble we're going to come back to it teaching them his way the lord leaves with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands forgive or excuse me, for the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. You know, those who go astray, he's not, he's not talking about all-out open rebellion from God here. He's like, God, help when we get off the path, lead us back on to your path. And God will do that. In... Uh, Verse 16 and 17, David writes, Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. 
My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Have you ever felt that, that your problems go from bad to worse? Don't ever say it can't get any worse. Seriously, it can. It, it, just, it just can. There, there's things that, you know, if, you, if your life is based in circumstance, if, you're, if your faith is based in circumstance, you know what? Your circumstances, if you are alive, as we saw in the EKG, your circumstances are sometimes going to be really bad. Sometimes they're going to be worse. Sometimes they're going to be unbearable. I could not imagine losing a child. One of my child children. I just I I couldn't imagine if and I, I my heart just goes out to the family that lost their child this week. I had a dear friend who, who lost a, a child uh, many years ago. Uh, infants, he was watching her, and uh, she stood up in the crib, and she got her head uh, propped in between uh, the wall and, and the crib and, and essentially hung herself. And it was days before he could even get off the floor. Tell me that he should be happy. No bad things happen. Circumstances for all of us, even if we have a billion dollars, if some if if our relationships, if we lose a loved one, we will go from bad to worse to unthinkable. And if our faith is based in that circumstance, then our faith is worth nothing. Our faith needs to be larger than God. And one of the things that that I believe that God has given me a voice on is pain and and is adversity. Uh, Not that I've ever experience unimaginable uh, pain of losing a child, but I, I have had severe depression and, and deal with anxiety and, and different things like that. And it, it's interesting, my wife many years ago, uh, I'll never forget it, uh, told me that your depression is the best thing that ever happened to God. Seems kind of like a terrible thing to say uh, on the on the surface, but... It's true. And this is why I can sit across the table from people when they're going through things that are, aren't happy and tell them that, you know what, God is larger than your circumstances. You see, if it wasn't for my first depression, I would have never become a follower of Christ. That I was going along, I can guarantee you uh, as much as I could know that I'd probably be divorced. I'd be still living at the beach, playing um, beach volleyball, surfing, and just kind of working, and, and who knows what marriage or whatever I'd be on, and just kind of doing, doing my own thing, just sucking the marrow out of life, and then when I died, I died. That's how I lived my life. And God brought me to my knees and called me to Him and, and opened up a whole different world to Him. The second depression, which this lift up my soul, was born out of, I was so angry at God. 
I mean, I, I was like, you ever watch Forrest Gump when the, the vet was up on the, on the boat uh, yelling at God? I mean, that was kind of like me. I mean, I was so mad. I mean, just if you could imagine, you know, me going like, God, you know what? I've been serving you. I've been, you know, I, I was listing my resume to God because obviously he hadn't got it. And he needed to be educated. He needed me. And he needed me in a good state of mind, and I just wasn't it there. And you know what? I look back on that second depression, even though it was so much harder than the first one, and we're able to thank God for that as well. Because you know why? Without that adversity, I would probably still be sitting in a church in California, serving God, doing, you know, volunteering, loving Him, which was a great thing at that time. But God wanted me out of the market. And God wanted me to plant a church. And the only way that he was going to get my attention was to turn my life upside down again. And I can sit across the table from people who are crying, whose, whose kids have, have gone on a rebellious way, or, or parents whose children are, are in jail, or marriages that... Uh, are going through difficult times, or you name the adversity. And I can tell people that their God, our God, my God, is bigger than their circumstance. Not because I read it in a book somewhere. Not because some you know, pastor told me. But I have personally gone through that hell. And He walked with me every And he's there for you too. In verse nine or nineteen, David writes, See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Enemies are vicious. It's a vicious, vicious world. Bad things happen, enemies want to destroy us. But he goes on and says, protect me, rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced for I take, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me for I put my hope in you. I found it interesting the first time I read this or reread this, uh, it struck me. Integrity and honesty now, why did he say integrity and honesty? And I, and I was really trying to contemplate that because I couldn't make it fit. You know, if your enemies are attacking you, how, how does integrity and honesty help you? You know, guns and bombs and, and a good defense helps you. How, how, what about, what's this integrity and honesty? Why did he write that? And I was thinking about it and it brought my mind back to the humble in verse 9. And I realized that, you know what, to have integrity and honesty, that it requires humility. And in order, and if you have humility, then you have the ability to be real, to be authentic with people, to be open. And I believe that there's so much power in authenticity, in humility, in integrity, and honesty. 
when we're able to come together and we can go beyond the, I, I'm doing fine, even when things aren't fine, when we can cry together, truly hurt for others as they hurt, as our hearts can break for the things that break God's heart, then I think that we begin to recapture the full spectrum of life that God has called us to experience. Pain is not the enemy. Pain can be a gift from God. As we open up our hearts, we, we turn our minds to Him. And it's okay to hurt. Everybody hurts sometimes. I didn't mean to quote that, but <laughs> it's true. Everybody hurts sometimes. It is, it is an awesome song. I won't sing it for you, but but it but it is true. And if you're hurting tonight, you're not alone. That the exteriors that you see, the smiles uh, that you see, sometimes they're real, sometimes they're not. But what's important is that God does love you and He is doing something. That your life is not meaningless, your pain is not meaningless. That great things can come out of what you are experiencing, even if you can't see it right now. Dear God, just uh, thank you for your loving hand. Thank you for allowing us to be angry and and to hurt. That that is okay. That you that is given from you. God, I pray that this is a place that we don't try to hide these things and that there, we, there is no shame in it. That it has, says nothing at all about our faith in You. That, you know what? That we can be truly a community that, that supports and loves and cares and works together. For You say that all things work together for good for those who love You. But you never say we have to be happy about it. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.